It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Now, here's your host, Casey Hendrickson. Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel. Powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keene. On the web at lck-law.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard, and I'm here with Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. The three of us are financial planners with Corhorn Financial Group, three of a seven-person financial advising team and a a big team of about 30-some people there to help serve whatever financial need you got going on. Okay, we got a big show lined up today. We're going to be hitting listener questions later on. And if you have a question for the show, we invite you to send us that question. We want to talk about it on the air. Go to wisemoneyradio.com. There's a spot there to fill out a question and submit that. Even as even a link to our podcast and all of that. By the way, you can also check out our podcast on iTunes if you want. Another way to submit a question is calling 574 574- 222-2000. It's a voicemail box. You can leave your question, all the details right there on the show or on, on the voicemail box, and we will address it on a show. So we're actually in our third week of a series where we are talking about the seven biggest life transitions that people face in their adult life and how to plan for them financially. Today, we're going to be talking about what I would say is the most difficult of these financial transitions. Josh, remind everyone what the seven life transitions are and introduce today's transition. Yeah, this is this has been a fun series so far. Uh, for those of you that are listening today and have been listening for a while, you know that uh, we, we've been walking through these seven transitions one at a time. And even though these aren't all universal, hopefully they have some some wide appeal because if you're listening today, you are facing one of these or you will be soon. So our hope is that as we walk through these uh you know, we'll be able to share with you some of the, the pitfalls that you need to avoid, how to approach these from a financial planning perspective, and uh, hopefully make some wise decisions. If you recall, we've already hit the transition number one, which is the school to career transition. We've also hit transition number two, which is going from being single to married. Today, we'll be covering transition three, which is being uh, going from married to parenting or child rearing. Again, not everyone has children, right? However, not everyone gets married either. Some people get married before they graduate from college. So keep in mind that even though this is not a universal progression that we're going through, you are going to face some of these, even if this isn't yours today. In coming weeks, we're going to be hitting the college years uh, as a parent this time, the empty nesters phase, and then the career to retirement transition, the last one that we'll hit in, uh, in week number seven is married to single again. So here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the life transition, how to plan for it financially from being just married to actually becoming a parent. Here's why I think this is the most difficult, okay? When you first get married, before you start having kids, you're still trying to lay the foundation in your financial life. You're probably trying to figure out how to buy a car or buy a house. You might be paying off student loans, maybe some credit cards you racked up in college. Now, all of a sudden you get pregnant and you've got to figure out how to start paying those medical bills. How are you going to pay for the labor and delivery? How are you going to, well, afford daycare afterwards? How are you going to handle the maternity leave financially? Paying for daycare, I already mentioned, or if someone goes down to part-time 
or you decide one of you doesn't go back to work at all. There are so there's so much going on financially here at this stage. To me, at least when I went through it, there's so much going on. It's the most difficult life transition to do to do well financially. Yeah, I. It could be. I'm not convinced. It is just. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> that wasn't strong I, enough, Kevin. It is. I hear you, Mike. And <laughs> but I, you're wrong. So if just to suspend disbelief <laughs> here. Just for a second. Well, you know, most people don't spend the time to wrap their mind around this transition. And the nice thing about when you're younger, it's just like Jason in the office was playing hockey last night and he got hurt, but he's at work today and he'll be fine tomorrow. Us old guys, when we get hurt, we're out for six weeks or six months. And I think the, 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 the reason why I don't think it's the most difficult transition is most people, as you're younger, you recover more quickly from most things, but you you don't know what you don't know, and you're and you're much more pliable. But I I think and, and the other thing is planning for this. It, it's similar to having a birth plan. You know, you can have the perfect birth plan, but when you get in the delivery room and the contractions start, everything can, can go out the window. Yeah. So that's the reason why you want to plan for this in the first place and be ready um, to have everything go as planned. But in the event that it doesn't, you've got contingencies. You said something there. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you too, Mike. Uh, you said that when you get to this phase, you're still laying the foundation. And I, I think that you're right for many, many people, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it, to, to me, the phase that comes right before this one, where you're married without kids, if you play this one well, mm-hmm. the transition into parenting does not have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be overwhelming if you lay that foundation ahead of time. And I'm not saying that you didn't, and that's why uh, you were struggling or anything. I'm not throwing those stones. But the, the point here is there, there are a lot of folks that they just decide they're going to have kids because they want to have kids, and they don't necessarily think through the timing of it all that closely, at least not from a financial standpoint. And... The, the risk ultimately is that you burn through those early years of marriage and you haven't done the things to make the later years or the child rearing years easier for yourself. Yeah. You chose to have an earlier transition and that's fine. You can choose to do that, but just know that it's going to be a harder transition when, when you burn through those early years of marriage. So we're talking about the financial challenges that come into play when you transition into becoming a parent. And I think we've all said that's the most difficult of the life transitions. I'm just kidding. That was, that was, that was, a, that was a test there. I think listeners. you misunderstood us. Okay. Mike. So what about the what about the the areas of financial planning that are most hit or most important in this in this phase? I'll throw out the first one. It's budgeting. I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said, Josh. Uh, other than your conclusion that if you <laughs> if you have already laid the foundation in your financial life, you should be able to hit this one in stride. But if you don't have a budget built and you're not thinking ahead about, okay, how much is daycare going to cost? How much are diapers going to cost? Is the income going to go down for three months because someone's on maternity leave and so on? If you haven't mapped that out from a budgeting standpoint, good luck. So well, even, even you, if though you did build out the budget beforehand, um, it, it's more about the habit of budgeting, in my opinion, that's because what I said. The, the, whole bu- <laughs> the whole budget gets thrown out the window when you know Junior comes along all kinds of new expenses and everything, but the discipline of budgeting and the habit, the process, that doesn't change over time. So building that habit in before you get to this stage hopefully makes it an easy 
uh, just just tweaking of the budget when it when it does come up. Yeah, and when you're looking at the six areas of financial planning, certainly when you look at your present financial position, you want to have the skill built into your life, baked into your financial situation. I have a budget. I give every dollar a name. But the, the thing that I'm drawn to is protection planning. Yeah. Because it, in the situation where it's just a husband and a wife, in the event that something happens to one of them, it you would almost assume that the other one could... Uh, Start over, maybe, financially. Yeah. Remarry, start over financially, what have you. Now, I would encourage them when they're young and know they're healthy and before they put on their freshman 15 or what have you, to get get a big, long-term insurance policy put in place. Life insurance. Yep. And if you don't have that life insurance put in place, as this, uh, as this life change is happening, you want to revisit your protection planning and say, what do I have in place for life insurance? Be- I'd even say disability insurance yeah, as well. Before that one, right? Yeah. Well, of course St- you'd hit disability first. which one's going <laughs> to... Certainly. Which one's going to happen first? Uh, or more likely to happen. It's it's a disability. Your your loss of income because of an injury or an illness is more likely to happen than you passing away anytime soon. But everybody's mind goes to life insurance as opposed to disability. Okay. We've got more of this to break down, actually, and we're going to then hit some of the advice and the common mistakes that people make in this area of their financial life. I think we've got a little disagreement here. I think some verbal sparring will sound pretty good over the airwaves and and sparks uh, some interest. So we've got more of that coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike Bernard, and with me as always, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. So we're talking about the big life transition of starting to have kids and, and, and being a parent. Obviously, a lot financially wrapped up into that. We left off talking about the big, important areas of your financial plan. And there's six areas to everyone's financial life. And we're talking about which of these are most important during this transition. We spent time talking about your present financial position and even protection planning, but there's more to it than that, right guys? Yeah, I thought we were just kind of recounting all the ways we disagree on things here. I don't think that's what we're doing actually. <laughs> But I, so we, we were, we left off in present financial position. Now we hit protection planning. That's what I was saying, (laughs) protection planning. And so what we didn't say is, Hey, look at your home and auto limits. You may want to increase those. If you don't have an umbrella in place, you might want to put that in place. So you, you want to shift liability from you to an insurance company and you can do that very affordably. What about your tax plan? Okay. You now just gave birth to a little tax deduction and maybe a tax credit. So you should definitely tune into your tax picture and be opportunistic about what your new tax picture now presents itself, I, I guess, or, or opens up to you. I think that's definitely a, a place that changes once you reach this phase in life. And maybe people don't fully appreciate how uh, there, there is some added complexity to your, your tax picture. But I, I think there's something more important than tax planning here, and that would be estate planning. If we were taking these not in order that we typically hit them and, you know, one through six, 
we were putting them in order of priority. To me, estate planning is a big one because this is where you have to make sure that you have a will in place. That's your only opportunity to define who would be the guardian for your kids if both parents were gone suddenly in some crazy freak accident. So getting that in place, I think, is incredibly important. And many parents go years and years without ever giving any attention to this. They've just kind of not given any thought. It's not exactly a pleasant thing to be talking about. Yeah, and I would encourage folks to get that in place. Again, the estate plan is for what's going to happen at the second death. So statistically, it, it's not a, there's not huge odds that it's going to, you're going to deal with your estate plan while you have young kids, but you want to get that in place. And as Josh said, your guardian, but also the trustee who's going to take care of the money and shepherd the money uh, until it's able to be transferred to the kids as well. Get it set up so you've got peace of mind. The, the last one that I'd hit here is one that normally doesn't get a lot of play when we're talking about the six areas of financial planning, and that's you know retirement planning, but it's also college planning. So yeah. if you're talking about, hey, we just had a, had a kid, you're going to want to build a plan for reaching that goal of sending that kid to college, whether you want to send, you want to pay for all of it, you want to pay for half of it, you want to pay for a state school or a private school, build that plan now and give yourself the opportunity to have the interest compound and grow and all of that. And one of the things that we don't want to overlook is the area of tax planning. Because we hit that one, Chief. No, I'm we didn't. Kidding. No, I, I, well, I, I, it's possible. I'm, I'm watching the moles in the backyard it here. It wasn't adequately covered for no, I, I don't, oh, I honestly, What else would you add about tax Well, I, I think what I, when I'm looking at tax planning, I want to be prepared for the child tax credit if that's coming based on my income. So things could be changing. I want to be prepared if my household income drops dramatically. I want to be thinking about, uh, it, here's a scenario. My wife had worked before outside the home, and she's not going back to work outside the home after the baby. My income goes down. I take her retirement plan, roll it over into her IRA. Then I take her IRA because our household income is lower and convert it to a Roth IRA. So there are all kinds of interesting financial gymnastics you can perform in the area of tax planning if you're paying attention. These are great opportunities that may never present themselves for the rest of your financial life if you don't do them now. So we're talking about the financial transition of becoming a parent. And that was a great segue, Kevin, because I want to turn the discussion now to what advice would you give someone who's now either facing this stage or just about to. And Kevin, you just mentioned one, that if if income's going to go down because someone's switching to part-time or someone's going to stay at home, you're probably in a lower tax bracket now you should start using a Roth IRA and maybe even convert an IRA to a Roth. Yeah, but that's that's a totally different game when you go from two incomes down to one as well. And so, yes, you're right. There are tax ramifications, but just the budget itself is going to be more strained. And so uh, some of the first advice I would give to you know a young couple that's thinking about having kids soon is figure out what are those lists of goals that need to be knocked out before you start having kids. Things like wiping out your your student loans or any of your consumer debt. Those payments are just going to feel more painful to you after you've squeezed your income down to a one-income family or your uh, your little 
children are bringing big expenses into the financial life, that strain is unnecessary. Everything if you, get you just it done. said reminded me of the diaper days, wiping and all of that. I don't know why, but I'm just strain. thinking. I'm just thinking <laughs> of oh gosh, the nightmare of dealing with diapers at that. So yeah, and financially, I would want to make sure that I've built my skills up. We've already said that, but yeah. I so. What's a practical step I could do? I could say, hey, before we get pregnant, I want to I want to go with my spouse to a financial peace university class or do something very practical to improve my skills, improve my understanding, build out a framework so I know how to approach my financial life and get around other people that are that are doing the same thing and are excited about it. Here's some advice I'd give. And just based on seeing this in a lot of cases, uh-oh, we got no I didn't mean to say, uh-oh, we got pregnant. I meant to say, yeah, hey, yeah, we got pregnant. <laughs> Oops. So don't stop or slow down your 401k contributions because yeah. so many people say, you know, what? I'm just going to I'm just gonna take a break here because I need this money to start going somewhere else. It is so hard to get back on that train and start saving again for, for, for your own retirement. So don't stop that. Definitely. A- absolutely. In fact, if you just keep going on those regular retirement uh, contributions, in, in many ways, they serve as a governor to make sure that you're not overspending in some of the big expenses that those kids will bring down the road, whether that's travel sports or, uh, you know, just gifts at Christmas time, medical expenses. That one's not real negotiable, I guess. Yeah. Um, but but the point is you got to get the big items in place and then work around it with what's left over. You know, I see another another issue here come up all the time. And that decision we've talked about a, a little bit of a spouse going to part-time or going to no time, a lot of times people make that decision without fully analyzing whether they're funding all of their goals or not. They might do the budget and say, yeah, we can do it, reducing our income like this. But they haven't factored in, well, this is how much I need to save for college. This is how much I need to save for for retirement. So let's let's turn the tide here and talk about some of the mistakes that people make. That was some advice, but what about some mistakes that people make when you're in this big life transition of becoming a parent? Well, I think you hit on one of the biggest mistakes that people make, Mike. They they try and go it alone. They mm-hmm. go without a mentor, a guide, a coach. They try and do this without working closely with someone who's seen this transition hundreds of times. So my I think Advice is don't make that mistake. Don't make the mistake of going alone. Don't make the mistake of trying to do this without a guide, a mentor, a coach, a planner. If you're going to work with a planner, make sure they're certified. So work with a certified financial planner who's seen this hundreds of times and can walk you through it. Yeah, I, I would add a big mistake that I see. We, Josh, I think you mentioned earlier the, the well, if you wait to have kids until you're perfectly ready, you'll never have kids but I, I think people make the mistake a lot of just not taking their financial life seriously enough before having kids. You're still having fun, doing a bunch of experiences, going to concerts and building up, racking up credit card debt. You haven't taken your financial life serious yet, and now you've got a very serious change coming. So I see that mistake a yeah, lot. Absolutely. You know, another thing that needs to be taken very seriously during this transition is just your marriage. And I, I don't want to go Dr. Phil on everybody here, but the, the issue is that when you have kids, there's a big risk that your marital satisfaction takes a hit. I mean, there's all kinds of research that shows 
a decline in marital satisfaction after the kids come. That's not a reason to avoid having kids because your life satisfaction is awesome with kids and they are a great blessing. But the point is, if you're not careful, if you uh, let apathy drive how you approach your marriage relationship, then it could deteriorate. And that's why spending not just time, but sometimes money on continuing to grow that relationship, it's important. And uh, don't lose sight of that. Oh, this is the Wise Money Show. That is wisdom right there. You went, Dr. Phil, but you, that was good. That was good stuff. So when we come back, we're actually going to be talking about some of the things you need to start thinking about in this transition to get ready for the next transition. We're doing that, and we're going to hit listener questions as well. If you have a question for the show, go to wisemoneyradio.com. Submit your question there on the right. You can even listen to the podcast from previous shows and all of that. Or you can give us a call, 574 572-2000. Two 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 thousand. Had <laughs> I was thinking of the KFG number five seven four two 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 thousand. Leave your question right there on the voicemail. We got more coming up on Wise Money with Foreign Finance Group here on ninety five three MMC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Hey, good morning. Thanks for tuning in to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard, and with me, financial advisors Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. By the way, I'm a financial advisor, too. That's my day job. Uh, we are talking about <laughs> the big financial transition or financial challenge that comes with the life transition of becoming a parent. We left off talking about some advice and some mistakes. Now let's talk about what should you be focused on right here to get ready for that next phase, which is actually sending the kids to school. Becoming a parent, raising kids and so on is a very large stage in your life. It takes a long time. So there's a lot of time to gear up and get ready for that next stage. What should people be thinking about? You know, I think, uh, well, let's define what that next stage is. It's the launching them from the nest, which in this day and age for for many families, that's sending them off to college, right? That's where they're going to get their professional training and and be ready for their own career and and whatnot. I think it's important for uh, mom and dad, so you who are listening right now, raising children, to work out what the family's philosophy is on funding college. What's your role going to be? How much are you going to be contributing? A lot of times, a a husband or a wife may have come from a family where, let's say, her parents paid for everything. And, And maybe he comes from a family where the thought of paying for everything for his kids is offensive to him because, by golly, you know, I worked hard to get myself through college and I want my kids to do the same thing. You can have some very emotional debates going on just around this issue of how much are you going to do. So it's the very first thing that you have to work out as a married couple now raising kids. How are you going to participate in the college years? Yeah. And then I would start saving early, right? College tuition is growing at a compound rate. I mean, when they yep. say college costs went up 4% this year, that's 4% on last year's 4%, on last year's 4%, and all of that. You need to start saving early so that your investment accounts have a chance to grow at a compound rate. Yeah, you got to count the cost. I, My son Joshua just turned 16. I remember when he was born, and I said, wouldn't it be cool to send him to Notre Dame? So I did the math, and I said, oh, this is going to be awesome. I only have to save $500 a month 
from the moment he's born to send him to Notre Dame. I did that math too, and we went to the Basilica and prayed. <laughs> God, God, you got to do this. I can't do it. Yeah, I. Well, I concluded that uh, Ivy League was in the budget if we're talking Ivy Tech, but really, um, Notre Dame after child number two and then number three, saying, "Well, saving fifteen hundred bucks a month to uh, afford a quarter million dollar education for four years—that's that's a lot of money and a lot of sacrifice. If you're up for it, fantastic." But you should count the cost and know, and you need to start as soon as that child's born. Yeah. A lot of people, though, to that to that same point, say, well, I don't have a lot saved up for, for college, but my child's going to get a scholarship or something like that. Now, that's, that's some advice I, I'd say. Preparing for that next transition, start being an active teacher for your kids. Start that early, because at some point, you're going to need to launch them with whatever skills they have and hope that they can trade those skills for money in the job market. Start being active in their learning as soon as possible. Get them excited about school. My brother, who's who's a teacher, tells me all the time, hey, my kids are five and three. He says, hey, are you talking to the kids about where they want to go to college? Get them excited about college early. Be active in that process. I think it's also important, though, to share with them fairly early on what your involvement is going to be, what yep. your plan is, because, you know, if you're a parent who... Quite frankly, you can't afford to send your your kids to college. Your help with them is just going to be filling out the FAFSA forms or applying FAFSA. FAFSA forms. Um, that's fine. You know, that's your involvement. But make sure that they know it ahead of time so that they can plan accordingly. They can be aggressive in finding summer jobs to start saving up themselves. They can really pay attention uh, in school and try to get those academic scholarships if they're available. Let them know what their part is by explaining what your part will be. Yeah, have them do job shadowing and see what I really like to do this all day, every day, if I was going to make the sacrifice in the investment of four years of my life to learn and get a degree in this field of study. Good stuff. So we're talking about the, the seven biggest transitions people face in life. And today we're focusing on the third one, which is that transition from just being married or, or not being a parent to actually having kids and raising kids. So this is the third of seven. If you've missed any of them, check them out on the website, wisemoneyradio.com. We've got pre- previous episodes listed there. You can also submit a question, which is where we're turning our attention to right now. Listener questions. Our first one comes from Sarah from Granger. She's 32, and I put this one at the top because it's about college planning. You better. My husband You're and I. Smart guy. Thank you. What was that? Nothing. Okay. My husband and I have two young kids and want to start saving up for college for them. How much should we start saving and what type of account should we use? Well, she, she's in Granger, so she's an Indiana resident. And of course, anytime we start talking about college with an Indiana resident, the very first account that we would explain to someone uh, is the Indiana 529 plan. The, the formal name is College Choice 529 plan if you were doing some sort of a search online. But this is a a place that you can either set it up directly or you can work with a financial advisor to help coach you through which investments you would choose. But essentially, this provides you with an account that you can set money aside into. And one of the first sweeteners right out of the gate is that you get a tax credit on your Indiana tax return. And tax credits, that that should make your ears uh, uh, perk up when you hear the term tax credit because it's the best uh, opportunity to save money in taxes. It's a dollar for dollar reduction in what you're going to pay. 
and it's on the first $5,000 that you contribute. So those of you that max uh, out that $5,000, you're going to get $1,000 back in tax savings, and, and that's meaningful. There are a few other savings vehicles out there that could ever come close to, to matching that one. Yeah, fantastic deal. It really cost me 4000 to get 5000 in my account. Right. A lot of times, though, they have the question, and I'll give this one to you, Mike. So what happens if my kids don't go to college and I have all this money in a 529 plan? Yeah, that's a great question. You, There are three people listed on a 529 plan. The account owner, the successor owner is the second, if, if, and that's if who controls the account if something happens to the owner. And then third is the beneficiary. And in this case, the beneficiary is actually the student. You can change the student. If the person you have listed there is not going off to college, you can change that beneficiary or the student to the next kid in line. You can start a scholarship fund for the kids in the neighborhood. You can get really creative. You you yourself can go back to school. We've talked about that with some clients in retirement that, hey, you want to go back and take a cooking class or something like that? That'd be that'd be awesome. You can use these You did there. not say that to your wife, right? No, I didn't. You didn't, didn't. suggest that no, she goes I said back to and... client. Okay. Josh, you're <laughs> in trouble. You you Yep, yeah, you're in somewhere trouble. in Jamaica or in the Bahamas where you'd be studying. Let's go back to, to Sarah's other question, though, is that is how much should we start saving? Now, this one, as a planner, piqued my interest right away. I know we're nerdy and love talking about the 529 plan, especially in Indiana, but how much should we start saving? That depends on a number of factors. And, of course, our advice is going to be you got to build the plan. Absolutely. So, Sarah, what you want to do, in, and this ties into the, this whole show, I'm, I'm preparing for the transition from not having kids to having kids. You want to sit down and spend some time and talk about your dreams for your children. And typically dreams don't get funded. So talk about them and enjoy the dreams. Hey, what do I want this child to be? A, a farmer or a fisherman or a ballerina or what have you. But then say, what are our goals for this child? Goals actually do get funded. So let's talk about that. I want to provide, I, 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 if I went to IU, I want my child to go to IU, and um, I want to provide half that. So we're, we're on the hook for half that. And you can reverse engineer that equation and come up with the math and say, I need to save $200 a month from the time this baby is born until they go to IU. And there we go. I've got the money saved up, and then they can go to the basketball games with Skibby and uh, really enjoy their IU experience. But I've got a plan. That's the big deal. Yeah, we've done some casework together on some some client situations where they're facing this exact picture. They want to fund those kids' college education, and they want to get the, uh, the, the lake property. They want to retire someday. They've got debt they want to wipe out. And it, it's a financial advisor's job. This is what we do all day, every day, is help people quantify the cost of each of their goals. And then as they prioritize which ones are most important, figure out how you're going to reach each one of them or where do you draw the line. Some goals might not get funded and those won't be achievable unless some kind of windfall comes your way. But the, the point is, is you need to come up with that price tag. And the only way we know how to do it is through financial planning. Great stuff, guys. More listener questions coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Finance Group here on 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. 
Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel. Powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keene. On the web at lck-law.com. Hey, good morning. Thanks for tuning in to News Talk 95.3, Michigan's news channel. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard, and with me is Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory, each of us financial advisors at Corhorn Financial Group. We are hitting listener questions right now. If you have a question, we want to invite you to submit one to the show. We want to talk about it right here. Give us a call at 574-222-2000. There's a voicemail box set up that you can leave all the details of your financial question, whatever else, right there. We'll listen to it and we'll answer the question on the show. Second way you can submit a question is go to www. Oh, we don't need the WWs anymore, right? Apparently not. 2016. Is that the World Wide Web, Mike? I think it is. On web crawler or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> go, go to wisebuddyradio.com and you can submit a question right there on the right-hand side of the page. You can also get a link to previous episodes and all of that. So again, we are in listener questions. Tom from South Bend, he's 41. I was just notified by a former employer that I had a pension with them. Hey, that's like kind of win the lottery. Fun surprise. That's awesome. And they want to get rid of the pension. So Supposedly, I now have to move this money somewhere, and I'm not sure what my options are. Any advice? Call us, right? Yeah. Sure. Help people with this every day. Absolutely. And, and this is a time-sensitive thing often, and uh, it, it's considered a rollover is the technical term. But um, wh- whether you call us or not, here's basically what you would go through. Um, the first thing is you got to open up an IRA to receive the dollars from the pension company. You know, just open up the bucket that you're going to pour the money into. After that account is open, your advisor or whoever's helping you will give that account information to the pension company, and then they cut a check to your IRA. And that's a really important detail to not lose sight of, because if the check was payable to you, then you've got taxes and penalties that you need to deal with. If it goes straight to your IRA, then you don't have taxes. You're postponing the tax until out there in retirement when you use the money. So... You know, this is this is all an important part of staying focused on your retirement and rolling dollars out of a 401k or a pension. Either way, the process is the same. You still get to keep on tax protecting that money until you're ready to use it in retirement and you get to make some important investment decisions as well. Sure. And if you take the tax protection off of that money, so if you say, just pay it to me, send it to my mailbox, there's you're going to... Tom, you're going to face some pretty stiff penalties because think along the lines of if I if I had a 401k at a, and I left my employer, what is it going to cost me to take possession of that money? Same thing with a pension. That's pre-tax money or tax-protected money, as Joshua said there. So, Tom, if you take that money, you're going to owe a 10% penalty because you took it before you're 59 and a half. Then you're going to have to pay federal and state tax. So, for instance, if that pretend that lump sum was $10,000, it could be reduced by $4,000 between taxes and penalties quite easily. So those dollars are probably going to serve you the best if you're able to let them continue to grow and provide for you in your retirement years. So I actually got a similar question about two weeks ago from someone brand new who referred to me, and he said... I'm not sure I want to move this money over to an IRA because I heard those aren't paying that much. You guys ever mm. get that question? Yeah, sure. And, and it's a it's a thought that the IRA itself 
is an investment and not just a holding account for the investment. So we're talking about this. Tom has the question from South Bend, and and he got an old retirement plan from an old employer and wants to know what to do with it. So do you guys get that often? Well, I think it comes from, if you were to march into a bank or a credit union, a lot of times they'll have interest rates posted, you know, the the interest rate on a money market or a short-term CD. And then they'll also list interest rates on an IRA or a Roth IRA sometimes. Yeah. And what they're really quoting is what the investment inside of that IRA or inside that Roth IRA is, is going to pay. And it's probably just a CD or another money market account. So At the, the bank. At, at but the that's bank. not your only option. No, when, right. you, when you think of IRA, think of a piece of the tax code. Don't think uh, IRA, lost me. IRA is an investment. Think of it's a piece of the tax code. So, all right, this is this is this affords me some sort of tax protection, yep. if you will. So, then what kind of investment could I choose in this tax protected bucket? Yep. And you can have in almost anything under the sun. Yep. You, what are some examples? Gold, real estate, uh those are kind of complicated. <laughs> and some of the rules yeah. there, you just right. you just got to kind of I know. start I with a number. Just, just mutual, mutual funds, right? Mutual funds, yeah, sure. Mutual funds, stocks, bonds, yeah. CDs, if you will. But CDs aren't the only investment, and so you're not locked into just a, a, a fixed uh, rate. But of you could have there. gold and real estate in your IRA if you wanted to incredibly complicate your life. Yeah, that's right. So give Kevin a call specifically. <laughs> he, will help you, he will help you with that. Okay. Next question comes from Amber from Mishawaka. She's 58. I'm hoping to retire this year. All right. 58. I know. And Come I'm home. trying to figure out how to draw money out of my investments. Oh, I just I just saw an issue there. Okay. Should I just invest in bonds or pull dividends from my stocks or is there a smarter way? <laughs> There's a couple issues here. Well, sure. If you're, if Amber, it depends on where the money is. If the money's in your 401k and you're over 55 and you retire, you can pull money out of your 401k if your 401k has that built into the plan. If the plan. plan allows it. What Kevin's referring to is if you've got a pre-tax or tax-sheltered account and you want to draw dollars out of there, you've got to be 59 and a half. Why did they come up with that age? Because they're crazy. They're crazy. How would you? Why would you come up with 59 and a half? But you have to be 59 and a half or older to draw it out penalty-free. But Amber says she's 58. If she's got money in a 401k and the plan allows for that early retirement provision, you could actually draw it out penalty-free as long as you're 55 or older. Just pay the taxes. You So you'll owe the taxes and you'll still have the federal and state tax bill, but not the 10% early distribution penalty. Okay. So what if the money's not in a 401k, it's in an IRA instead? You mean one of those IRAs? What are those IRA. paying? <laughs> Just kidding. You, the, you still could get that money out uh, free of the early distribution penalty, that's a little bit more complicated, and uh, you'd have to take that money out over a series of years. And, and the jargon is the 72T distribution. Come see a financial coach or one of us to help you with that. But let's go back to the other question. I mean, we're, we're deep in the tax code here. I don't think anyone's listening anymore. Uh, should, <laughs> My you dad invest, is. <laughs> should you invest in bonds or just take dividends from stocks, or is there a different way to draw income in retirement? I think that's the that's the premise of her question, and some listeners might be thinking, well, yeah, I've been wondering about that too. How do I turn the faucet on and start drawing income off of my investments? Well, what you want to have is a plan, because the only yeah. way to do this is to have a plan. And I look at this and I say, you are sailing into a headwind, Amber. 
retiring at 58. So I'm assuming you have an absolute boatload of money piled up and you've made provisions for your medical care because the the Medicare doesn't start until you're 65. So you've got seven years to deal with health care on your own until you get to retirement. So I look at that and I say, what are the what are the expenses? What are the issues? And um, so you want to have a plan that says, I, because this is what I encourage people. I say, what do you want to think about? When you retire, what do you want to think about? And I've only once in my whole career of 23 years had a client say, I want to think about money. And um, it's not, it's not a happy place to be. Right. So Amber, if you don't want to spend your whole life thinking about money, have a great plan and trust the plan. You would hope that she would have a plan if, if at age 58 she's getting ready to retire. Either there's something tragic going on in her health or, you know, longevity outlook or something. I, I don't know. She Maybe she got an inheritance. That's, that's possible. Maybe Certainly. all the money that she needs is there. But you would hope that if she's gone through the process of confirming that age 58 is an okay time to retire based on what she has, then hopefully she's also been working with someone to help her answer these investment questions. And that's the concern that I have is that that there's not already a game plan in place for which investments to choose, even though she's marching into retirement. So something's missing there. And I, I would almost encourage her to take a step back, ask the very important question, can you retire at age 58 and have it be a sustainable game plan? A financial advisor can not only help you with that, but also the investment decisions. I get a little concerned about, you know, the two options she mentioned, though. Should I put everything in bonds and just draw interest? These days, with interest rates, bonds have more risk, you would say, than they've had in the past. Yep. And then second, she mentioned, well, should I just draw dividends off of my stocks? Stocks, as we know, are extremely risky, especially right now. We're finally feeling the effects of risks. So I would, I, I agree with you. Actually, I agree with you both. You need to have a plan, and then certainly that plan should be uh, should should build in what type of investments you should be using. So, great question. Again, if you have a question for the show, go to wisemoneyradio.com, submit a question there, or you can call our hotline. It's a voicemail box, 574-222-2000. That's going to do it for us today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I am Mike Bernard, and on behalf of myself and Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, and the rest of us at KFG, Hope you have a great weekend. Tune in next week at 9 a.m. on Saturday for Wise Money with Forum Finance Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Securities are offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Financial advisors offer advisory services through KFG Wealth Management, LLC, doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Insurance Agency, and KFG Tax and Business Services are separate entities from Securities America, Inc. Tax services provided by KFG Tax and Business Services and insurance services provided by KFG Insurance Agency. Listen again next week to Wise Money on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel.